Who should be the starting quarterback for the Sun Devils in 2023? Well, that's what we're here to talk about on today's edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Our Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That is my squeaky dog in the background. I am Richie Bradshaw and I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils. As always, thank you guys for tuning in and a special shout out to the everydayers who are here every day. Wherever you're getting your podcast, hit like and subscribe. Turn on notifications so you get an update whenever we post new content and stay in touch with that content by following me on Twitter at RichieBrads36 and the podcast at LO underscore Sun Devils. Now, there appears to be three clear-cut options to be the starting quarterback of the Sun Devils in 2023. Uh, Bennett Meredith has transferred out of the program, and while I'm not going to count Jacob Conover out completely, it definitely feels like he lost the edge in spring, and he would need just a heck of a of a training camp to be able to usurp the top three guys right now. Those top three, of course, being Trenton Borgay, Drew Pine, and Jaden Rashada. We're here to talk about those three in particular and a case to start each of them in week one of the season. We're going to start with Trenton Borgay, the savior of last season. He was able to get two of ASU's three wins. The offense turned around. Everything seemed to be a little more in tune when he took over the offense. And that's where we start with the argument to start him is he established some credibility last year. Like this is a guy who came in off the bench and had spent so many years on that bench, didn't transfer out of the program. He was a walk-on. So it's not like there were expectations for him. And nonetheless, he stuck it out on the program. He, he bided his time and eventually was able to get on the field. And when he got on the field, like I said, it just, felt like the offense transitioned with him and everyone felt more confident on the field when Trenton Borgay was under center. And that, that goes a long ways, especially when you look at the, the turmoil of a season that the Sun Devils had last year. I mean, you got to find any bright spots that you can. And Trenton Borgay was one of the brightest and not only that, but he established some credit or not credibility, some chemistry with the top guys here. And, they brought back Elijah Badger and they brought back Jalen Conyers, right? They're two top options, guys who could be competing for all Pac-12 this year. They brought those guys back and you know who just so happened to explode when Trent Morgay took over? Jalen Conyers and Elijah Badger. They were they had already looked okay. Jalen Conyers especially took off when Borgay got under center. Those guys clearly have something going there. And that that means something when you're looking for a quarterback to start is the guys who have chemistry with their with their options. And there's no better place to start than a guy who has thrown to these guys in actual like games that matter, not practice, not scrimmages in actual games. Trenton Borgay has a half of a season's worth of experience working with these guys and not just them. He worked with backup tight end Messiah Swenson. He worked with. Uh, one of the wide receivers, Giovanni Sanders, he's worked with Andre Johnson and Chad Johnson and so many other guys on this roster from last year. 
he's clearly comfortable with the weapons here. And again, that's just a very important thing. And then, of course, the final reason I have listed here, and this is more skepticism than anything else, but tell me that there's not this feeling behind him of like magical senior season. I don't know what it is, but I look at Borgay and I'm like, you know what? I'm not saying Jake Plummer senior season, but who's to say that he can't come out and just have some fireworks. It feels like a storybook ending here for Borgay, who again, like I said, he was a walk on. There were no expectations for him. He didn't get any scholarships. He wasn't even pursued by Arizona when he was a Tucson kid. Wasn't pursued by them. Like that is, that's crazy for him to have stuck it out with this program as long as he has. And now an opportunity for him to be the starting quarterback again in his senior season in a year where there's a brand new head coach and they're looking for any ups that they can possibly get right now to help get them over the hump, to help win them football games, to help put people in seats, to help be exciting enough to want to invest your time in. And Borgay could be that guy. Like I'm just saying football and sports in general can be like poetry sometimes. And this feels like the most storybook ending for Trenton Borgay. I think that when you look at Borgay, he, look, he's undersized. He doesn't have the biggest arm in the world. He's not the most mobile guy in the world. He's not the most accurate guy in the world. It's not like this is like some can't miss kid, but what, what is can't miss about him is grit, determination, character, effort, all of that good stuff. You don't stick at a program as a backup for four years and not have those kind of qualities. This is a kid who's been waiting for his opportunity. He got a taste of it last year and he performed well. All I'm saying is maybe you give him a chance to continue performing well. You give him an opportunity to still be a, a potential starter for this year. He's clearly in the race. And for what it's worth, I thought he was the sharpest quarterback in spring practice, like throughout the entirety. And certainly during the game, I thought Trenton Borgay was the best quarterback of the bunch. And that's not to say the other guys were like terrible. I just, I think that Borgay looked good. He looked the part. He looked confident. Like I've been mentioning, this is a guy we shouldn't sleep on. This is a guy we shouldn't overlook. And again, I'll echo it. I, I'm just saying sports are like poetry and there just feels like there's some kind of magic here. That's just waiting to happen with Trenton Borgay under center. That's my argument for Borgay as the starter. What do you guys think? Let me know. In the meantime, I got to talk to you guys about Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious snack and you don't want all the sugar and calories, you need to get the best protein bar ever built. You got to try this. If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise on taste, then I've got just the thing for you. Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy and taste amazing. Seriously, they're so amazing. You won't think they're good for you. You got to try this. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. I'm not sure how they do it. But Built Bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is they're a healthy option with just 130 calories and four grams of sugar and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't even have to wait around for a box for years. We've been talking about ordering your built bars at built.com, but 
you can now get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club while you can while you can still get your specialty flavors at Built.com. So head to your nearest Walmart today, go to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can get a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puff if you're closer to Sam's Club. Run in and get a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter, puff, and churro puff. You can thank me later. Get yourself a great-tasting protein bar. Get yourself the difference with Built Bar. As always, thank you guys for tuning in to the Locked on Sunnables podcast. A special shout-out to our everydayers. Make sure that you're tuned in. Next week, we'll have all sorts of good stuff as we continue to cover football for the offseason. Next up on the plate here is Drew Pine. Pine, the transfer from Notre Dame. Pine, one of the prized possessions of the transfer portal class of 30-plus players that the Sun Devils brought in. Drew Pine might be the guy at the very top of the list. And that's where we start our conversation here. Looking at Drew Pine, this is a guy who, when he took over at Notre Dame, they changed. They got better progressively got better. It, it was an upgrade over Tyler Buckner and Notre Dame rebounded after a rough start to the year and ended up not only bowl eligible, but one of the better teams in the pack or not pack 12 in the, in the country, they were ranked, they were competitive. It was a good football team when Drew Pine had taken over. Now he's coming to Arizona state and you hope that he brings that same energy to him as a guy who, knows how to win games and a guy who is confident in himself and looks the part. And not only this, but there, there seems to be an intrigue with him and plugging him into the Kenny Dillingham offense. I mentioned poetry earlier, but in another sense, there's just similarities sometimes. And you look at the similarities that Drew Pine has to Bo Nix. And we talked yesterday on the Locked on Sunnables podcast with Pac-12, Locked On Pac-12 host Spencer McLaughlin, and we discussed Drew Pine and Bo Nix, and we agreed that there really is a big difference between the two. But I stand by there are a little bit of similarities here. They're similar guys with similar builds who fit the Kenny Dillingham offense perfectly because they have enough mobility to be able to run the offense and be able to roll out. They have good enough arms, but here's the thing is Bo Nix is definitively a better athlete. Bo Nix is definitively got a stronger arm. Like he definitely is a better overall like prospect than Drew Pine. But I nonetheless don't look at Drew Pine as though he's not capable of doing Bo Nix things. Well, to a certain extent, because Bo Nix was a Heisman contender last year. And I don't think Drew Pine is a Heisman contender, but point is, there is some similarities to pull here. If nothing else, like I said, he just, he feels like that perfect fit for this Dillingham offense. And not only that, but I feel like Kenny Dillingham really pursued Drew Pine to be that guy. You got to remember when they brought him in, his only real competition was Trenton Bourget and uh, Jacob Conover. This was before Jaden Rashada had come in. And there was a lot of group think that Drew Pine was being brought in to be the starting quarterback. There's that kind of confidence in him. And that brings me to my last point here is he feels like the most confident option of the three choices. Drew Pine, if I had to make a prediction, I think that Pine is me. I don't know. I really don't. I want to predict that he's the week one starter, but I'm, I'm not 100% confident in that. I don't 
I'm not sure. I'm going to hold off on that now that I think about it. But it makes a lot of sense for him to be the week one starter. It makes a lot of sense for him to be Kenny Dillingham's guy. It makes a lot of sense for him to fit into this offense, to get the most out of his weapons. And for what it's worth, he was able to get quite a bit out of the guys he had last year. Michael Mayer, who could potentially be a first-round pick in this year's draft and was a high or not a Heisman, a uh, John Mackey Award finalist for the top tight end in the country. He was able to get the most out of Michael Mayer and ex- exploit the 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 matchup nightmare that he was for opposing defenses. And I feel like he could do the same with Jalen Conyers because Conyers just looks destined to dominate this year. And that's that's a connection I could really get excited about is the Pine to Conyers connection. I think that's probably my biggest grab there. But that's my that is my argument for Drew Pine to be the starter for the Sun Devils in week one of the season. What do you guys think of Drew Pine as a starter? Let me know. One more time, thank you guys for tuning in. Wherever you're getting your podcast, hit like and subscribe. And don't forget to tune in next week as we continue talking about football during the offseason, probably some basketball updates for you as well. The moment probably majority of you guys have been waiting for is Jaden Rashada, the four-star quarterback prospect, the highly recruited four-star, nearly a five-star. I think he was a five-star at one point, like to some websites. Like I've, it, it changes, it fluctuates, but neither here nor there. Jaden Rashada feels like the future of this program. And that's where we'll start is Rashada is young. He's exciting. He's got untapped potential to become a great quarterback. He's got the build at 6'3 or 6'4, depending where you look. He's got a big arm. He's mobile. He can run. Not only can he run, but he can he can just maneuver the pocket very well. Like he doesn't depend on his legs to be like a dual threat quarterback, but certainly don't don't think he can't take off on a big game for you. But the way he's able to move around so confidently is what gets your attention. And then to deliver strikes down the field, he's got probably the best arm on this team right now. I think that Rashada's arm strength is a step ahead of both Pine and Borgay. And this is the kind of guy that excites a fan base. And that brings me to my next point is ASU is going through a rebuild and it's going to be very difficult to get people to want to invest their time right, wrong, or indifferent. Look at the spring game. Kenny Dillingham had a lofty goal and just was nowhere near it. And it's upsetting, but it makes sense, especially when you consider this is not an easy place to get people to buy in. Like Arizona fans can be fickle at times, you know, when the Phoenix Suns are great, everyone's going to the games. But, you know, five, six years ago, when the Suns weren't great, you couldn't you couldn't pay someone to go to the games. Like you couldn't hand out free tickets because people wouldn't want to pay for parking. It's difficult to get people to buy in in Arizona. But again, when you're putting out a good product, Arizona fans can be great. Those Suns games are electrifying. The, the Cardinals, when they're a good team, they have a great home field advantage. It the problem is the Cardinals just haven't been good. And because of that, you've got other teams, fans that are coming in and whatnot. It's just the way it is in Arizona. And 
to get people engaged with Arizona State football again, you got to put a good product out there, or at the very least, you got to put something intriguing out there that's going to draw the fans to go out to the games. They want to be interested. They want a storyline to follow. There's no better storyline here than Jaden Rashada. Is the exciting kid. He's the face of Kenny Dillingham's uh, tenure right now. Like he's the prized possession of the entire offseason, both in the not not the transfer portal, but the the entire recruiting class. Like if you included the transfer portal, this is the guy. This is the face of Arizona State, and they are going to want to put their eggs in in this basket. I don't know if you do it week one, but here's the thing. And this leads me to my final point. The future is now. Arizona State is probably not going to be a great team this year. So why wait? Why wait to get the exciting freshmen onto the field? See what you got. See if you need to continue heavily recruiting the position in 2024 and moving forward see if this is a guy who can will you to wins like he could potentially be that big of a difference maker the talent is certainly there for him to take over this program like there's there's a lot of upside here with Rashada that I don't know that Borgay or Pine present for you the sky feels like the limit for this kid we got to remember this is one of the most highly recruited quarterbacks in a pretty stacked quarterback class that had Arch Manning and Dante Moore. Like there was a lot of good quarterbacks this year and Jaden Rashada was one of them and Arizona state got him coming off a three win year. So why wait, why wait to put Jaden Rashada on the field when you can see what you got in him right now, when you can, encourage the fan base to say, come see the future. This kid's going to be great. Encourage people, get people to buy in. That's why Jaden Rashada should be the week one starter. What do you guys think about Jaden Rashada being the starter? More importantly, of the three, who do you think should be the week one starter? We got a lot of time between now and the start of the season to continue this conversation, to continue evaluating and to continue debating with each other. So please, Wherever you're getting your podcast, hit like, subscribe, and turn on notifications as we continue the conversation for the remainder of the offseason. And follow me on Twitter. Hit me up. You know, let's have a conversation about these starting quarterbacks. You can find me at RichieBrads36. You can get the podcast at LO underscore Sundoubles. But that's today's episode. Thank you guys, as always, for tuning in. Special shout out to the everydayers. I will see you guys next week. Till then. You keep it locked right here on Locked on Sun Levels.